0: You are listening to the Become a Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there and welcome to episode number 181 with my guest today, Scott Ian from the band Anthrax and also Motor Sister. So we talk about the new album called A Get Off. Now I must say this album is an amazing album, it's got some great playing, great musicians. So the opening track you are hearing is from the album and it's called Can't Get High Enough. So Scott shares some great little stories about the recording of the album and lots more. So make sure you listen in. He also got a great story about meeting Eddie Van Halen. And thank you to my sponsors, Custom Guitar Picks, Arnold Krakowka, and Musician. And if you do like what you're hearing, you can donate to the podcast and every little bit helps, keeps the podcast running, and helps me bring you all these great guests. So enjoy the interview with Scott Ian, and I'll see you real soon. All right, well welcome Scott Ian to the podcast. Oh, thank you. So congratulations, first of all, about the new album, Get Off. Oh, thank you. Right on. Yeah, I must say it's a fantastic album. It's um, not just saying this because you're here, it's probably one of the best albums I've heard for a long time. As far as a yeah, you know, great riffs, vocal harmonies, great melodies, just awesome musicianship, and just great
1: songwriting as well. Wow, awesome. <laughs> well, that's that, it's all been said. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but so who's the main songwriters for this one for the album?
1: Uh, Jim Wilson is is the main guy. You know, I mean, if you know the history. Jim was in a band called mother superior years ago that I was a big fan of Pearl was a big, all of us, me, Pearl, Joey, Johnny. And so back in 2013 for my 50th birthday, we, uh, we put the band back together as they say with Jim, yep. just so we could hear those songs again. Cause mother superior had been broken up for so long. We, we made a set list of our favorite mother superior songs and played it at my house to, to a group of friends. And, uh, And that's how the first album came to be, which was just us basically paying tribute to Jim and Mother Superior. And then over the years, I mean, we knew we were always going to make another record as this band, as Motor Sister, and write new songs together as Motor Sister. You know, and that slowly but surely happened uh, over between like 15 and 19 when we wrote all the songs that became Get Off. And uh, yeah, and of course, it's mostly Jim. Uh, uh, you know, doing most of the heavy lifting because it is his thing. I have I have co-writes on four maybe maybe four songs I think, and Pearl uh, wrote some of the lyrics on the record. Um, But still, you know, it's mostly it's Jim. Jim is Mother Superior, Motor Sister. It's it's Jim, and we were all there to just um, serve Jim's (laughs) Jim's needs, (laughs) which is fine with us because. We're just so happy we get to get to play the songs that he's writing.
0: Yep. So is he doing all the leads as well? Uh, lead, uh, so well I've like got it. a
1: few on there. I, I, mine are kind of obvious. Anytime you hear a, a whammy bar, you know it's me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's and I'm I'm playing some harmony stuff. But other than that, uh, it's all Jim too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. So that, yeah, I heard there's a few harmony parts in there. So yeah, that, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's both of us. And uh, actually. I'm quite proud of myself because it's not something I normally ever do. But in the song "Sooner or Later," I actually like wrote all the harmony parts that come up and stuff. Like I think not well. There's the one that Jim did, but then all the other little bits and at the end and the tag and like all those harmony parts. It was just me doing my best Scott Gorham impersonation. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite proud of those. <laughs>
0: So going through some of the tracks, the I mean, the first single, can't get high enough. I mean, what a way to open a, the album! Yeah, it's a. It's funny. It reminds. some of a huge Van Halen fan. It reminds me a little bit of Atomic Punk. I don't know if you've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. People say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Um, yeah. You know, what, what I think is the best thing. There's many great things about Jim's songwriting and his ideas, but you know, I've had a lot of time to think about this, especially uh, we never get to do motor sister. You know, it's like we made a record seven years ago. We all hang out as friends all the time. I see Jim and Joey and, and obviously Pearl and and Johnny, we're always with each other. We're always out to dinner in some combination. We're at each other's houses. The hard part is getting the combination of all five of us in a room to be able to make music because someone's always away doing something. So, uh, we never get to do it and now we've got this record coming out and i've gotten to talk about motor sister more in the last week and a half than i have in seven years so um it's almost like i get to analyze it and i get to think about it and what this album is and all that and i've come to the conclusion that we sound like a 70s band without just being a ripoff of a 70s band there's plenty of bands around right now that are like oh well, they just sound like a shitty Led Zeppelin cover band or they sound like a crappy ACDC cover band. or. But you can't say that about Motor Sister. We sound like a 70s band, but we sound like our own 70s band with so many different, everything from Humble Pie and like Free to Van Halen. I mean, every to me, everything great. Jim had a song with Mother Superior called Great Till 78. We, we, and, and that's very much how I think he, he writes his riffs. And he won't write anything that wouldn't have been a good riff pre-78. <laughs> so, like, I feel like that's what it is. We we are this killer band that would have been amazing uh, until 1978, and then we probably would have started writing shitty songs because we would have taken too many drugs, and uh, and we would have sucked after that. But, yeah, that's that's what Motor Sister is. We're a great 70s band that doesn't sound like any specific 70s band. Jim Jim's always been so great at writing things that you're like, Wow, that sounds like and then I'm like, Well, I'm not sure exactly what. I can't quite put my finger on it. Mm. But it's it sounds like something that's already there because he's so tapped into that frequency, like of like what if you're into rock music, then it's just in your DNA and it just has that familiar familiarity in a good way. Yeah, exactly.
0: But I love those uh the key changes in that song as well, towards the end, where it really described the song, you know, can't get high enough. Right, yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> when we were rehearsing that we kept going up another half step. Dude, just to fuck with, with Pearl and Jim, we're like, Can you go? Can you keep <laughs> they're like, no, D, D is high enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: And the other one i was going to ask you about probably one of my favorites is the lion's den is that one of yours your riffs
1: that it's actually the main riff is definitely jim's riff i might have i can't i'd have to look and see uh, (laughs) if i have a co-write on that one but uh maybe the verse part and uh yeah i think maybe i don't remember anyway yeah but that's definitely on his heavier side Mm. you know if you go back to his mother superior days they had the song um devil wind which has this, you know, just super heavy down-tune drop D riff, um, which we we covered on the the first record. So yeah, I mean Jim's a metalhead too. He loves metal, even though he's definitely more of a rock guy. But there are those little Sabbathy kind of moments that yep. that will make their way in uh, every once in a while.
0: Yeah. Uh, what was the one song where uh, I wrote that down? Uh, yeah, million like miles. You. Oh, sorry, Emily Wild Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the bridge part in that is very Black Sabbath.
1: Oh, is that the one? Bow now, 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 yeah. Now, now, now. yeah, that's, yeah, that's me. Oh, okay. That, <laughs> there we go. That's my part. And then yeah. there's the big dive bombs and that big whammy solo. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was all. That was one of my parts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of my caveman parts. Yeah. I think anything
0: with that type of riff. Um, like I had an interview with uh, Zach Wilde the other week. And he's got. I don't know if you heard his new album, the Black Label yes. Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few riffs in there, and yeah, you know, he said the same thing. He goes as soon as you use those little, yeah, you know, the chromatic type things into each other, yeah, just like a black Sabbath.
1: Yeah, this I is, mean, it, yeah. it is that. It is <laughs> that. Tony, Tony, on those first five Sabbath records, he almost every combination of that style thing, he already did it. So anytime anyone else does it, it, it's, you know, it's just you're paying homage and it's just watered down a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, the other great one I love is uh, Time's Up, which is your tribute to Kiss. Yeah, I remember when
1: Jim... He came in with that one with, and he was kind of smiling and almost like a sheepish grin because I don't know if he thought we would take it seriously. Like, you know, maybe it was too on the nose or like we, it was just a joke. You know, we wouldn't actually put this on the record. And then we started jamming it. And, you know, once it was in the band's hands, it kind of amped up the whole thing. His initial demo of it with just his guitar and vocal it just you know that it it didn't have the energy, and then when we actually started playing it, just fucking with the the arrangement a little bit, um, it definitely amped it up to like where no this this kicks ass, you know. It's uh, for me, I, I I tell people it's I actually played it for people, you know, before I told them anything about what it was, and I said, check out, we found these tracks. It was from a lost lost demos from the rock and roll over sessions. Uh-huh. <laughs> people are like what really like no <laughs> that's really cool <laughs> it's a
0: catchy song too it is but yeah you can really hear that like that kiss influence yeah you know, throughout the i guess the riffs and maybe the, the harmonies of the way that it's written i guess oh
1: yeah i mean it it sounds like it could have been from literally off of dress to kill like it's like rooms room service or something
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some bruise it or lose it so that's all about the, the music business isn't
1: it? um Well, good question. I know Pearl came up with that title okay. and the title actually I know where it came from uh, It was after I can't remember it was one of the shows we had played because like again we barely ever get to do shows yeah. but every year we don't we always know everyone's gonna be home in those couple of weeks before Christmas. So every year we throw a Motor Sister Christmas party uh, at this place, Molly Malone's, this uh, pub and venue in in Hollywood. And uh, so it's always a good chance for us just to get together, jam, and all our friends come out and everybody drinks a bunch of Guinness and and, uh, (laughs) and, and it's a party. And and, um, I think it might have been after one of those shows where Pearl had – she goes nuts with the tambourine on stage because she's headbanging and she really kind of, she doesn't think about it and it just happens. And her hand from where she was hitting the tambourine on her hand and then also on her thigh after later that night when we got home and the bruise on her leg, I mean, it looked like she got kicked by a horse. It was wow. so, it was fucking rude. It was like, I was like, I hope people don't think I did that to too. It was, <laughs> it was insane. Insane. It was this <laughs> giant, giant black and purple like bruise on her leg. Oh. So she took a picture of it and she sent it to everyone in the band on like the group text. And uh, she's just like, hey, guys, bruise it or lose it. And that's like where the actual title oh, wow. of the song came from. Jim Jim loved that line so much. And um, yeah, I would assume it's probably about record business, although at the same time, like most of this record is kind of jim's uh he went through a pretty crappy end of a relationship a couple years ago and a lot of this record is him cathartically i think getting through that um lyrically but yeah bruise it or lose it i i think it might actually be kind of outside that box and be about something different
0: so the other song the mother superior one that's the rolling uh, boy blues isn't it
1: yeah yeah that's the only cover yeah. um, and that's and the only reason that made the record actually is cuz we we would always play that one live as well why we didn't do it on the first record i can't remember but anytime we've played that's always been in the set so we just figured when we were recording this one well let's record rolling boy blues too and and we always end the set with that. So let's end the record with it. Um, but I think it's safe to say maybe that'll be officially. So if we go into a third Motor Sister record at some point, hopefully not seven years from now, uh, um, I don't think there'll be any covers on it. At least not Mother Superior covers.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It fits in well with the album, that song.
1: Oh, absolutely. hundred, Yeah, 100%. Yeah, It's, I mean, it's
0: an interesting song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Just the, I mean again the vocal parts and that and um I think it's after the chorus got this like a, a different type of vocal part, I guess. So, Which
1: the uh, when they go really fast.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, after like that fast a lot, there's a lot of words there, then straight after coming what it does vocally, but so uh, not like a ooh or ah, but it's a different type of thing. After, oh, uh uh,
1: yeah yeah, uh I, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, just like those kind of those kind of James Brown yeah, thing. Like Totally different way, yeah.
0: I mean, overall, the, yeah, the whole album just great. Like I said at the start, that every song you can't pick any badge on. They're all great. Right on. And everyone did a great job. Like joey you know some of those bass lines in there incredible was great and then yeah pearl with her vocals and backing vocals and john what a what a drummer
1: yeah actually on this record i mean well pearl sings lead on coming for you but yeah there's like three of the other songs where they're actually it's not even background it's they're singing in tandem it's it's Mm. like a double lead like on on uh, uh um right there just like that And uh, Bulletproof, I think, is another one where they're singing tandem. And I think there's at least one more, which I can't think of right now. And if you want to get yourself
0: And so the producer was it Jay Ruston?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you, you've worked with before, having with Anthrax and. Oh Great yeah, team.
1: yeah. Anthrax, damn things, Mister Bungle. Yeah, I I started working with Jay. We Anthrax had him mix our uh, our part of the Big Four DVD way back in twenty ten or eleven. That was the first time we ever worked with him, and since then he's done everything we've done since both studio records and anything else we've done and i also brought him in got him involved with damn things he mixed the mr bungle record i'm on um he both motor sister albums i, I just i personally and not just me because we're all friends with jay as well so um we just knew uh, he would nail it he he understands the band he understands the sound and uh and he knows how to get what we hear in the room when we're playing live he knows how to Make sure that that's what the record's going to feel like, most importantly.
0: Um, so yeah, I just wanted to ask you about that, Mr. Mungle as well, how you mentioned it. I saw your cover of Van Halen. Is it Loss of Control? Yeah. I know. That was really good. That was cool.
1: Yeah. You know, they were going to, Mike, you know, after Ed died, we just wanted to figure out a way to pay a tribute. And it just, you know, it turned out that we were doing that um, live stream. It wasn't that long, I don't think, after it had passed, maybe. I, I can't remember. Time gets weird for me through the pandemic, like the two years of lockdown. It feels like 10 years ago or it feels like yesterday. It's, I can't decide. But anyway, we wanted to pay tribute. And Mike said how ages ago, you know, when Mr. Bungle was a more of a, you know, actually doing stuff back in the 90s. Uh, They thought about covering Loss of Control and he said, but they just could never get it together, which is like kind of shocking to me because (laughs) those those guys are like the best music. Trevor and Trey are like the best musicians on the planet. But uh, yeah, he said we we couldn't get it together. And so we learned it and we got in the room and jammed it. And I mean, we just fucking nailed it. like. And, uh, and, you know, especially, I mean, to me, Mike's vocals, if you close your eyes, it, it kind of sounds like David Lee Roth. And, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it was just, and then Trey and I split up the part. So when we're, we're doing the, you know, in the verse section, and then Trey does that. So instead of us both trying to do both parts, we figured it might get cluttered. So he said, why don't you just take, you know, the rhythm, and I'll just play the the, um, the punches or whatever he called them. And uh, and uh, that'll kind of keep it really clean, and it it, uh, it definitely did work. It worked oh, really yeah. well.
0: That was great. That's great. Uh, yeah, probably the, one of the best covers I've heard of it, <laughs> for sure.
1: Oh, right on. Yeah.
0: So do you have any Van Halen stories? Like, I mean, I'm sure, you guys would have played with Anthra- Anthrax over
1: the years? We never played. No, no, oh, I really? wish. God, well, I mean, We never played together. Oh. Uh, I wish. You know, we, I mean, look, they, well, with Dave, they were only a band till
0: 84.
1: Yeah. Our, yeah. our, our first album came out in 84. So, you know, there's really no way that was ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, the closest we ever got was uh, in 88. We were on a Monsters of Rock tour in Europe that Maiden was headlining. And it was like Maiden Kiss, David Lee Roth band. And that was the band with Vi and, oh, yeah, and, and, She. So it was like Roth, uh, sorry, it was Maiden, Kiss, Roth, Anthrax, uh, and then a whole couple more bands underneath us, Halloween, some other bands. Um, But uh, we got to spend like a month or so going around Europe on these festivals and got to like hang out and talk to Roth every day. So that was cool. But uh, (laughs) um, yeah, I feel like I have a a very obvious uh, Van Halen. Oh, here's a quick one. So... Few years back, Pearl Pearl's solo band with with Jim, I believe, was rehearsing at this place called Mates in North Hollywood. We could hear in the next room every time a Pearl song would end. In the next room, through the wall, we could hear someone just ripping Van Halen leads and Van Halen riffs, just guitar. And uh, but it's L.A., so it could be any number of people. Someone could just you know. Just figure some guy in a Van Halen cover band practicing, you know? Yeah, that's right. And literally, this is going on for an hour. Every time a song ends, when a Pearl songs ends, you hear, you know, the fucking solo from Ain't Talking About Love, whatever. You hear it coming through the wall. It's like, man, this guy's really going for it. And he's pretty good, too. (laughs) And then about an hour after that, we take a break, and the door to the room is open. And Eddie Van Halen walks by. Oh, wow. (laughs) And we were like, Oh my God, it's him. Like, so, and I had met him before. So I kind of went out and I said, Ed, and he's like, Oh, Hey, Scott, what's up? He's like, come here, come in. I'm, I'm, I'm working on my new pedal board. Dave Friedman just finished it for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it all out before the tour. This was like before the reunion with Roth and that, and that album and all that. And uh, so he brings me in and he starts showing me all the stuff and He's playing things. He's like, I don't know what this one does. This one sounds great, though. Check it out. And and I told him, I said, we just thought there was some dude in here covering Van Halen stuff. And it's fucking you, right? And then he came over and said hi to everyone. We took pictures together. And it was oh, just wow. such, a, such a killer moment.
0: <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> That's unreal. Amazing. I'm so jealous.
1: <laughs> yeah. I. I it, it's one of those things, like, if I didn't have the photo... I'd be like, I dream, I dreamed it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so unreal when things like that happen with your heroes, you know, it's, uh, it's still, I instantly turn into a, a sweaty 13 year old like (laughs) around people like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's right.
1: It's crazy. Like the fact that he's one of those guys I've met, you know, I've gotten to meet a lot of my heroes over the years and, uh, he was one of those guys that, from the first time we ever met, and it was a long time ago, anytime it's. And it's not like I'm seeing the dude on a regular basis, but every few years, somewhere, somehow, it's seemingly we'd be in a room together, and mm-hmm. and uh, he always knew my name, which kind of blows my mind. He would, hey Scott, how are you? And I, I couldn't even. The next four minutes, I couldn't even tell you what happened because in my brain, I'm just like, he knows my name. (laughs) Like, how is that even possible? (laughs) You know, like I I, I saw them every tour with Roth in New York uh, growing up. I saw them every tour. And, uh, you know, talk about a fucking hero and one of my favorite bands of all time. And uh, just, um, yeah, it's just, it's fucking mind blowing. When I, just another, I know this isn't what you asked me, but I'm thinking about it now. The first time I met Jimmy Page um, st- standing at this, uh, uh, Metallica was playing at Wembley Stadium and uh, on the side of the stage and uh, sorry, it was in a, a box that I was in with some other people and Page was there and uh, someone brought me over to meet him and he said, hi, Scott, how are you? And yeah. it just doesn't even. <laughs> you know. t- and then uh, I figured, oh, well, someone told him. I was coming over to meet him and they told him who I was so he had my name I figured that made sense but then you know a couple years later I meet him again at at Metallica's um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame party like that they threw after they got inducted and he was there and I walked over to him it wasn't like someone brought me over this time I just saw him and I walked over and he looked at me, smiled, and he gave me a hug. He's like, "Scott, nice to see you." You know, and I was still like, "Oh my, I, I can't even, <laughs> can't even understand. Was, like, yeah. it's, it's mind blowing."
0: Well, I mean, you were—I mean, you still are. You're pretty, are pretty famous, so you know, <laughs> makes sense.
1: Yeah, I know, but you know, it's just like—I don't know. I, how do you explain it? Um, you know, these are guys that I've been worshiping my whole life since yeah, I was a you child. You know, yeah. um, it, it, it just. They're, to me they're not even human i understand that they are and they're just they're just regular dudes really but you know you, how could you not put people like that up on a you know on a pedestal it's just they're like literally like giants walking among us
0: I saw the videos of you and your son jamming. That's just that's incredible. That's amazing. (laughs) So is it Revel Revel Y? Is it
1: Revel, yeah, Revel, Revel, his middle name is Young. Okay.
0: His timing and everything just how how
1: old is he? Ten. Ten. Wow. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Even like I mean, wow, even like two years ago, like when he was still just, you know, he was good but the and but the main thing about how his his ability was his timing in his pocket. Yeah. like even before he 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 had more technique and and uh, and chops, his timing was just kind of incredible. Um, and it, I remember even the first time like, girl saw him play. And girl was like, you know, the thing with little kids is a lot of them, like they can get on a kit and play it he goes, but their fucking timing's out the window. Exactly. Like yeah. they can't, they can't keep time for four minutes to play yep. a song. He's like, it's kind of unbelievable that, you know, where he's at, like with that, it's just a natural ability. And now, you know, it's two years later and he, my, my son takes lessons with a guy named Thomas Lang. I don't know if you, if you've heard of him, but yeah. he's one of the best drummers on the planet. And, uh, Um, So the chops have gotten better and better on top of the natural timing that he has. And, you know, actually, Dave wrote me just recently and and said, uh, he goes, dude, your kid is a fucking monster. It's like, it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Like my wife took him to a guitar center just recently and uh, they walked in and there was some, you know, some guy in his 40s sitting down on a kit, like playing in the drum department and my son's just standing there watching him and the guy's like, Oh, you know, hey little kid, would you would you like to try it? <laughs> and Revel says, Yeah, and he Revel sits down with his sticks and he starts playing the purdy shuffle, like Another. you know, perfect. <laughs> and my wife was like, the guy was like, Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, like, oh I get kids yours. I gotta <laughs> go. <laughs> well.
0: Oh, he's, he's amazing! What's his play now? Is he? I think did I he's he is doing like a little band or something.
1: He has a band called Honeybee with. Okay. Uh, it's three piece, uh, guitar, bass, drums. The other two guys are fifteen, and they uh, they wrote and recorded an album during the second year of, like in twenty one, oh. um, because that's all they did through quarantine. We yeah. all live right by each other, so they were at the guitar player's house in his jam room writing and jamming for two years. <laughs> wow. And uh, like I say, they, they did like five years work in one year because they, they, every day they were just hours a day woodshedding. And, uh, so yeah, they, they recorded a record at, at six Oh six at Grohl studio. And, uh, the first single will be out like on all the streaming platforms, April 22nd, actually it's Honeybees the band and it's called get out of my head is the first song. And, uh, yeah, it's it's great. You would never you'd have no idea that it was a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Please check it out. Oh I will for sure.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, promote it on the podcast as well. How often do you guys like sit down and play together?
1: All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every like, as a matter of fact, when I'm done with press today, we're gonna um, we're gonna shoot another one of these posts that we've been posting. Yeah, yeah. We like, we just decide on songs to learn, and then uh, he goes in one room, I go in the other room, and then we, <laughs> we meet <laughs> back done. together and yeah. start jamming.
0: Unreal, that's great. No, no, I wish you wish both the best. But he's got a, a big future Thank in front you. of him. But like I said, you should
1: see him on guitar too. It's, it's crazy, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nuts. Wow. I started seriously playing guitar maybe when I was 12, you know, and I was, I was just a complete beginner, yeah. But you know, that's when I really started taking it seriously. And when I say taking it seriously, I mean, I would put on an ACDC record and try and learn it from top to bottom. That's yep. kind of how I learned <laughs> how to play guitar, but uh, yeah, he's 10 and he's, I mean, just like learning cemetery gates from pantera yesterday just listening to it and playing like all the all the like not acoustic but you know all the 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 mellow parts and just figuring it all out i'm like what how how do
0: you do this yeah sounds like it's gonna be another another wolfgang Van halen
1: (laughs) yeah i i hope so yeah
0: yeah uh, yeah, I suppose i better let you go. Sorry to take up most of your time. Oh yeah.
1: No worries. No worries, man.
0: But uh, congratulations again with the album. Um, yeah, I can't wait for everyone to hear it. I'll be, I've got it on repeat now in the car. So awesome. <laughs> and cool. uh, hopefully where uh, are
1: you, where are you in Australia?
0: In Melbourne.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, um, it would be our dream to get down there and, and go play some shows. I, I feel like the rock music we're playing would work very well in the, the country that gave us acdc so you know, i would yeah, i would it. love to come down there and, and uh, play some of those uh those hotels that acdc used to play yeah yeah <laughs> definitely
0: and they got the acdc lane in the, in the city so. oh,
1: oh of course yeah i've been there many times oh yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> no that'd be great i'll yeah, love to hopefully if you come down here i would love to catch up with you
1: yeah for sure all right well thanks scott
0: and uh, all the best with everything and um hopefully yeah, we'll chat again real soon Right on, man. Cheers. All right, see you later. Bye-bye.